The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest. Andy Caperin is with us. He is partner, also co-CIO at Region Atlantic Capital. He's on the line from here in New York City. Andy, we heard today from uh, the head of the Minneapolis Fed, Neil Kashkari, who reminded us the Fed is a long way from achieving that 2% inflation rate. We've got to move lower, though, in yields. It was the case Friday on some soft data and a rally in the equity market. Make sense of this for me. So what's happening in the market today is we're really transitioning from thinking about inflation first and thinking about the dynamics underlying the economy and companies. Companies, uh, if, if you look at earnings season so far, are demonstrating a lot of, a lot of resolve in tackling the, fu- the fundamental problem. They're, they're being very good about passing on higher costs to consumers, being very good about executing well. If you look at the typical company, about three quarters of beating estimates um, and earnings are growing at about a 6% clip. And the market is savaging anybody who's not succeeding, um, case in point, made of platforms. But by and large, corporate America is doing well and handling a challenging environment well. At the same time, we're, we appear to be getting closer and closer to a slowdown in economic growth. Now, I know, I, I know we just had two, two sequential GDP prints that were below zero, but it, it, it's not a real recession. A real recession is one that feels like a recession with declining corporate profits and declining employment. That's probably coming our way in 2023, and that's why um, the, the market for fixed income is starting to get a bid. Um, in this environment of rising rates, do you see that the market is doing its job again? Are we getting back to this uh, era of creative destruction? You know, I, I think we are. I think what we're seeing in the market is investors are becoming much more choosy about how to allocate their capital now that that capital is no longer free. Um, when, uh, when a company can fund itself at a very low cost, it enables a lot of creative and interesting ways to do business. It, it enables a lot of companies to try to win market share by running unprofitably for as long as a decade and essentially giving a, a big chunk of their product away. Now, this new environment requires more business discipline. Um, it's a different kind of environment and it's going to favor different kinds of investments. And Andy, we just want to talk a little about inflation. When do you see this reaching the Fed's 2% target? It does feel like a rather a long way off at the moment. Sure. So inflation is definitely uncomfortably much too high for, for the central bank and for consumers at large. And getting back to that steady 2% that we've all gotten so used to in, in the United States is probably going to take more than a year. Um, the Fed today is laying the seeds for what is going to take a fair amount of time to siphon off some of the excess liquidity that we have sloshing around in the U.S. economy. And expecting a, an easy and quick fix here is is probably asking for too much. I think what's important, though, is 
once they've stabilized and once they start to see some motions towards economic weakness as well as uh, as well as a more normal rate of price gains, they'll be able to take some of that pressure off. Andy, we know the story in China is pretty bleak with the property problems there and the market now in contraction where manufacturing is concerned. And we were talking a moment ago on the program about the fact that the in the Politburo meeting last week, not really a lot of clarity when it comes to much more in the way of stimulus. W- would you be tempted to put some money to work in China under the given circumstances? The Chinese market is one that is much too big to ignore and is really fetching some attractive bargains. Um, the reason those bargains exist is because of all the hair that's on the Chinese market at the moment. Um, those th- That hair includes... Um, the risk of delisting for in in New York for some of their largest tech titans. It includes uh, the economic risks, and it includes the risk of uh, a, a stop or recovery on the back of uh, on the back of essentially rolling economic bl- blackouts um, from uh, from trying to maintain a COVID zero policy. But those are the risks. If if you're a long term investor and you're committed to uh, to holding something through a, a potentially turbulent time period. Chinese equities are an, an attractive entry point. So are they an attractive entry point for you, though? Because, uh, as you say, there is a lot of hair on that and uh, still a lot of concern around the zero COVID policy and real estate troubles as well. They are an attractive uh, entry point for me. Um, I view Chinese equities as a core market that a globally diversified investor ought to own. Um, at this point, I would hold it at a benchmark weight, um, given that all the risks out there are, uh, are are tempering the attractive valuations. Are you avoiding anything um, European at all cost, whether it's Germany, whether it's the UK, France, or anywhere else? Sure. So what, what's interesting about the European market is, of course, they, 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 they face one of the greatest economic risks out there at the moment. Um, what's interesting about the European market is uh, the euro has declined to a level that is very, very undervalued on the back of these economic risks. And if you look at their, the underlying investments that you're getting into as, a, as an investor in European stocks, you get global energy companies, um, which are set up for a fundamental period of, of, of high profit generation. You're getting global materials companies. You're getting global pharmaceutical companies. Um, if, you, if you look past the country and into the company that you're buying, there are definitely bargains in Europe. Um, in industries that should avoid the worst of the fallout should there be an energy crisis. In terms of the energy crisis, do you think, have we hit peak oil yet? Or is the trend line down now? The, the market for oil is fundamentally undersupplied as a result of 10 lean years for oil producers. That, that Those 10 lean years have resulted in a lot of capital discipline for them. That means that even in the face of very high prices, they're being pretty slow to tap new wells, pretty slow to commit to new spending. Um, it's going to be a great time to be an investor in energy companies as they use this capital discipline to produce mounds of cash flow in, in response to these high prices. But it also likely means that these high prices are here to stay, even in a weaker economy. Yeah, U.S. shale drillers have been uh, doing particularly well recently. And we got West Texas right now, 97.92 a barrel. Andy Capirin, partner and co-CIO at Regent Atlantic Capital. Thanks so much for joining us today on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.